What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. I want to talk to you about the FBI and de-escalation. And I'd like to actually talk to somebody who knows something about it, a former FBI agent. Uh, He is a a federal whistleblower, a former, former FBI agent for a reason. But he has some experience in this, at least personal experience. His father uh, was loosely involved with the Waco situation. His father was a broadcaster who actually spoke to the Branch Davidians on air and worked with the FBI. Kyle is here to tell us what he thinks about yesterday's action in Utah. We talk to him in 60 seconds. Stand by. All right. It is is important to understand that cybercrime is real uh, and it's going to get worse. Healthcare information. They just, they keep breaching this. They keep... It was Maximus Federal Services. Now, this is a Medicare contractor. Uh, Another 11 million people's data was just twisting in there in that wind. And uh, since the breach happened all the way back in May, maybe your name, social security number, phone number, email address, prescription details, and healthcare claims, you name it, it's probably still out there. So what do you do to fight it? Well, may I suggest one of the best things you can do to start is LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BACK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BACK and save 25%. Kyle, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm good. So this this situation uh, that happened in Provo, Utah yesterday is bothersome on so many levels. And let me start first with the quote unquote victim, uh, the guy who was making threats. You don't do that. What he did was wrong, illegal, and you would expect the FBI to come in. However, you wouldn't expect them to kill him. So I don't see a a good guy here on either side, although I do kind of side with uh, uh, with the victim because it was completely unnecessary on what happened. Can you talk me through this? Yeah, so we have to look at sort of the bigger picture. The bigger picture is this. You can make really bad decisions and get to the point where there's a SWAT team there. And once that happens, a shooting of someone in that scenario can be very justified. And uh, the deadly force policy for the, for the FBI, which is the entire DOJ's deadly force policy, it's pretty specific. The most operative clause there is when the officer has a reasonable belief that the subject of the force, that's the person they shoot, poses an imminent danger of death or serious physical injury to the officer or another person, then that deadly force is justified. They're able to do it. So you can have a justifiable shooting, and I'm very, I'm pretty confident, I've talked to my buddies who are actually on that team, that this was a straightforward weapon scenario. They were justified in making that shot. But we have, that's, that's C, D, and E of the steps of, you know, like he produces a weapon, they have to react to it, and then the guy is dead. That's C, D, and E. But A and B is the decisions of the investigation that went on before it, and the decision to send SWAT into this guy's presence. And those can be bad decisions. So we can step further back and see this being a bigger problem. 
And so even though the just you know the SWAT team may have been justified in their shooting, sending SWAT, which is an FBI kind of a standard move right now, they have a whole matrices of of uh, questions and concerns for any given arrest operation. Mm-hmm. SWAT is the default position. I used to joke that the guys, because I used to work with the SWAT team in Washington field office. I've worked with SWAT teams in other places as a surveillance agent. We were uh, integral in watching people before they were arrested. And so you would keep an eye on the subject before it happens. So I've done this, I don't know, upwards of 50 times, I would say. I've been in a lot of these briefings. Some of my buddies have been on these teams for a long time. And the, uh, the, the kind of the kooky piece of it is, is that... Um, you, you don't want to engage somebody in a place where they are most likely to be violent. That's not the best course of action, right? Hmm. So in order to get this guy into custody safely, there are many other tools in the tool belt. But I used to tell the guys on SWAT, SWAT doesn't stand for special weapons and a tactic. It actually is the standard warrants and arrest team because they are the default position the FBI goes to to make arrests. Some it's cases never will, they'll, they'll never use their, their handcuffs because SWAT is busy doing their arrests. And that's a default okay, position. So, that's not good. So... So, Kyle, here is the thing. First of all, I thought George Floyd, I thought that was all about, you know, and all the march against police of using excessive force when it wasn't needed. Um, I'm disgusted by this whole thing. And I, I still believe what the guy did was wrong and he should have expected the FBI to show up. But they did show up. He's 75 years old. He is uh, uh, obese, 5'4", 300 pounds. He can't get up out of, chair, out of a chair without a walking stick or a cane. He walks with a cane. He's got a blind son who just had a stroke. Um, and you, you use basically a tank to come in through his front window. I mean, here's, here's the problem. If you wanted to get this guy and make sure that you had him in custody, why wouldn't you take him when he got out of his car at this parking lot of the supermarket? Why wouldn't you take him out, uh, you know, and uh, surround him and arrest him in the parking lot of his church? Why wouldn't you go? He was a member of the church in good standing. He was actually part of the leadership of the church in a small way. He was a a secretary to a, a, a clerical position. The, he could have gone to the pastor or the bishop and said, the FBI could have said, look, we have a warrant. We know this guy is old. He's infirm, but he's doing things that are really dangerous and de-escalate. What they did is they gar- almost guaranteed that this man would die. I agree with you. And I agree that all those tactics, those techniques you just mentioned, those are in the tool belt and they exist. But the FBI is fundamentally not flexible. They're not nimble and they're sort of lazy in their thinking. There's an old saying that uh, if you choose your doctor, you choose your diagnosis. In many ways, if you choose Mm -hmm. your law enforcement tactic, you're going to choose that outcome as well. And you at least put certain things on the table that wouldn't otherwise be there. My old job, I spent three years doing this thousands of hours a year, was called um, it was called Special Operations Group. But essentially, we were a surveillance group that had the ability, because we were armed agents, to do interdiction. And they call it TSI in the FBI, or Tactical Surveillance to Interdiction. And it's exactly what you just said. I grab you when you're pumping gas. We grab MS-13 members who might swing a machete at us, and we might have to shoot. We grab them when they had two cups of coffee in their hand because they were going to their construction job at 7 in the morning. And that is far safer for the public. It's safer for the subject, and it's safer for the officer. So when you so what the hell happened? Why would you do that for MS-13, but not for a 75-year-old guy who doesn't mean the things that he's saying? He's just wrapped up in this stupid Internet world. There's two possibilities. One is that it's, they're sending the message, and that is definitely a real possibility, and we have to do oh, it. But yeah. we, we can't impugn people's motive without knowing. 
And the second possibility is lazy thinking, which is that we've always done it this way. And that is a default FBI position. It's like, well, we had two agents shot in 2021 on that child pornography warrant down in Miami. And we send SWAT to people that might have a gun because that's one of the criteria. If they have a dangerous dog, that's a criteria for SWAT. And if they've shared basically that they have negative feelings about law enforcement. And one of the three charges that is in that complaint about uh, this guy, Craig Robertson, is a complaint about him making threats to law enforcement. That's the cop number two. It's 18 uh, USC 115, where he basically told the FBI, come back with a warrant. And by the way, I'm carrying a gun. And uh, so they took that as a threat. And look, that's a legitimate threat. His original threat. I agree. I agree. Those all happened in March. Like you said, bad, bad choices. But you also see that the reason that this thing kicked off and why they went to go grab him was because Joe Biden was coming to the state and he made a threat to Joe Biden. So we had the final straw was actually 18 USC 871, which is usually a Secret Service sort of uh, prerogative. It just turns out they had this open case from the FBI. So why wouldn't the Secret Service be the ones to go in? I've done this for 50 years, Kyle. I've reported on crazy stories for 50 years, 47. And I got to tell you, I've not seen this before with with Secret Service or the FBI. I've seen them go take people in their house. I've seen them, you know, president is coming in. They've monitored somebody. I've never seen this. No, you're, you're spot on. And, and so the concern is, is um, let's just do like a little replay because we all live through Donald Trump's pregnancy, uh, presidency. Pregnancy. Sorry, my wife is pregnant. <laughs> well, my, my wife is pregnant right now. She's about to have a baby. So I have this. Uh, <laughs> I got baby right. Right. Sorry about that. But think, yeah, think about this. You've got uh, you've got people like Kathy Griffin that were cutting off the head of, a, of an effigy yep. of Donald Trump. You've got Snoop Dogg pointing a gun at a, uh, a Donald Trump uh, sort of actor. You've got um, you've got guys like uh, you have John. You have that? Johnny Depp saying, uh, Johnny "Where's Depp saying, when was, the last time yeah. an actor killed a president with John Wilkes Booth? Maybe an actor should kill this president." I mean, they right. didn't bust his and door Madonna. down. Madonna thinks she Madonna. wanted to blow up the White House. Okay. Yep. So, and did any of those people? And I had people respond to me on on social media, and they said, "Well, the Secret Service called them." And I said, "I always felt like when the Secret Service called somebody, it's the same as a SWAT team." breaking down your window at 6.15 in the morning. It's just, it's night and day in the experience of it. And so that yeah. is where it feels like it's weaponized because people are seeing two different sides and the way they were treated. And that's troubling. Okay. It should be really troubling to Americans. All right. So uh, they say he was armed. W- what does that mean? That he had guns in the safe or he was holding one and pointing it at a tank or pointing it at the officers? Um, even having it in his hand would make it justifiable. That is an imminent threat. And so they can justify, like I said, you can say that this was a justified shoot and that it was a quote unquote good shoot in the law enforcement context. And wow, really? Because I hang on just a second, that. Kyle, because I can't do that. If I if my life isn't truly threatened, even if he's uh, pointing a gun at me, if if I don't feel I'm truly threatened by that, it's not a justifiable shooting. And I'll have to go to court to prove that. But the FBI is OK. Well, it's the way it's taught at Quantico. And so this is maybe some inside baseball for you, for your listeners. But they actually do a scenario where a guy is sitting at a desk. And, and, and the reason why is this. And, Glenn, this is me trying to be very fair to both sides of it. Of which, yeah, I, know, I know. Like I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody that was on that warrant woke up in the morning and said, we're going to go kill this guy, and here we go. And high fived it when they were done. I, don't th- I think they're probably devastated. Um, but the decisions from the management tree that made them there in that spot were very bad. And I think they're incredibly dangerous. The scenario that gets taught at Quantico, it's a standard training um, scenario that every FBI agent goes through. There's a man sitting at a desk. He has a gun on the desk with his hand on it. Okay? You are approaching this guy to give him a subpoena. You get up and you realize he has a weapon system. If you try to talk him down, he is saying he's going to kill himself. 
but he kills his secretary and then he kills himself before you get a chance to react. And, and the fact of the matter is, is all these scenarios, action will beat reaction. If someone has a weapon system in their hand and they have it at low ready or it is their hand in a holster, they can actually shoot you. You can actually draw a weapon out of the holster and shoot somebody if you make that decision before the person who's holding a gun on you can actually react. It's been proven over and over and over again on every level, special operations troop do it. So that's why there's I, an imminent I've, standard. I've actually gone through the training, uh, and one of the scenarios is a guy who's holding his girlfriend hostage, and the only way that you win in that situation is if you shoot him first. Uh, yep. So I, I've, I've seen the training, and I understand that. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm just bothered by what, this, what happened here. Um, because I've never seen it before. It's an overreaction from government. It is clear. I mean, right now, if this man were black and a Democrat, everybody would say, say his name, say his name. Uh, and uh, you want to talk about it. Yeah, the cities would be on fire. Uh, and so I'm really bothered by it. And I'm also really bothered by the fact, because I've seen CSI, but maybe the FBI doesn't need to have anybody check on them. Why did they move the body from the house and leave it out on the sidewalk for two hours? So I got two possibilities, and they're both stupid. Uh, the one possibility is, is they moved him out there to work on him in a medical scenario. We set up usually outside of these buildings in, in what we call a casualty collection point. That's pretty standard military tactic. So you take people outside of the place where the threat is, you bring them to a safe place, and then you can work on that's them. Acceptable. That's acceptable. Okay. Thing. That, and, and as I, I was, I've been a paramedic for over 10 years, and that was, that's what our plan was. You don't really expect to ever have to use it on a subject. It's generally in case one of your, your teammates is hit. But that may be the plan that they executed. So let's go with that. But why was he left out there? And, and we're hearing reports he was left out there for hours. And I can't validate those yet, but let's just assume that was. That is basic government and particularly FBI incompetence because the FBI doesn't deal with bodies. They don't shoot very many people, number one, thankfully. And number two, <laughs> there's no plan if they did. Like, they don't, they don't deal with homicides. That is a local police matter. And well, so when, I mean, you, for, when you have this scenario happen, what the hell do they do? They don't even know. They're, they're calling, like, how do we get the lab division? Where's the ERT, the evidence response team? They're probably trying to do everything right and, you know, do the federal well, thing, like, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's, but they're screwing up and they're leaving a body out. Uh, maybe that's why, uh, did they involve the local police or did they call 911 after they shot him? Maybe that's they why you would have the local sheriffs. Yeah, that's why you should have the sheriff's department and the police department there. Because who's watching the bad guys? Who's watching the bad guys? If, if, this, if this guy is bad, great. If the other side is bad, we should know about it. And that's only if we have an independent look at it. I mean, I, I just, this really, really bothered. And I'm not defending him. I'm really exactly. not. He, he was, I mean, he's known in the community as being a lovable teddy bear kind of guy. But he got wrapped up uh, in the in his internet persona and did stupid, stupid things. But they've already met this guy. They've been looking at this guy forever. He's in a, uh, he's threatened a president. He says he's going to get into a ghillie suit and uh, a ghillie suit in a car park surrounded in cement. And he's 300 pounds and he walks with a cane. What Bush walks around with a cane? I mean, it's ridiculous the way this was handled. And, uh, I hope it's not swept under the rug. Well, Kyle, I, unfortunately, just because they do, the side is this is not the side that people get outraged about. Unfortunately, I am. Uh, I thank you, and I, I hope I'm not unfair to 
those good FBI agents, but it's high damn time voices like yours are not so alone. It's high time that the FBI says, you know what? This was a horrible error, and I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm sorry, but we didn't make this decision. They did, and it was a stupid decision. Somebody needs to pay for it. <sighs> sorry, Kyle. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, Glenn. You bet. I think, uh, Stu, did I, did I make him mad? No, I don't think so. I think, he, okay. I think you guys generally agree he obviously has really real inside knowledge on what they're doing yeah. on a day-to-day basis and and right and wants to separate he, the practices from you know the individual right. officers which is an understandable point um, and let me give you the let me give you the example of the lazy thing in a second first let me stop for a minute and tell you about gold line the uh inflation is is getting uh bad um snp just said that uh, california is going to be downgraded well, who's going to buy your bonds, California? What are you going to do? Because you can't print money like the federal government. You know what you'll do? Is you'll put your hand out to the federal government, and my damn tax money will go for your stupid-ass programs that I never voted for. But I digress. Things are not uh, going well with the economy. Please, please do your homework right now. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. With every one-ounce gold legal tender bar acquired from Goldline today, you're going to receive Goldline's exclusive two-ounce silver maple flex bar absolutely free. Why are these the biggest sellers that they have? You call them and find out, or just go online at goldline.com and look it up. You'll understand this was designed uh, by me with the Canadian Mint in Goldline, and it is to be able to have this like a credit card in your pocket, and you can break it up and use it for things in case there's a disaster of some sort goldline.com goldline.com or call them right now they're waiting for your call 866 goldline just ask for the information do your own homework today 866 goldline 10 seconds station id This is the Glenn Beck program. You know, he was talking about the FBI being lazy, and it is true. Um, The FBI, Secret Service, they're lazy. I would rather have my security that I have every day um, than the Secret Service, because we have gotten around the Secret Service several times, and we've told them, hey, by the way, uh, we just came in through an unlocked door back there. Uh, You guys should probably check the unlocked doors right behind you. Um, they're, they're sloppy because it's money. How they solve everything is, well, we got the resources. We have money. We'll just, we'll just hire more. We'll just buy more medical, metal detectors. We'll just do more, but they don't think. And that comes from government having an endless pile of money and they put themselves, they put you, they put the president, they put everybody in danger. And we're seeing that if this is because they're just lazy, uh, that is really dangerous. You don't want somebody with all kinds of power to kill people without question who are lazy. This is a problem from government bloat. I don't like days like today. I really don't. Because it, you, it, 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 there's, 
there's not a good guy in this scenario and you it, it just it complicates everything that's why we just have to be people of honor that's why we have to we have to be people that say what we mean and mean what we say and if you act in a stupid way well then you're going to expect stupid results <laughs> yeah yeah that's a it's a really fair summary of a really tragic situation but it, it is it is part of it and i think you know the other thing i think you know worth highlighting here is the reaction to this i don't know glenn when we started doing this show uh, 20 years ago some guy who made threats on the internet gets shot in a house like we're probably thinking to ourselves immediately like oh well don't make threats and you know this is yeah. the fbi's doing its job Good. i think the doubt on these institutions has become so thick that it's almost impossible for people to believe a normal story anymore. When's the last? If it's true, when's the last time you even saw the FBI break down the house of an Antifa member? Uh, when have they ever gone in? Never, never, never. Uh, it's not just incompetence, laziness. The it's Glenn an agenda Beck program. All right, our sponsor uh, this half hour is Relief Factor. Katie lives in Pennsylvania. She was suffering from the longest time from shoulder pain that was essentially ruining her life. Everything she tried to combat the pain, it just didn't work. Or it left her with side effects. She didn't know what else to do. Fortunately, Katie listens to the radio a lot, and she happens to listen to a a handsome, well-informed, educated, brilliant talk show host. Uh... She must have been listening to Mark Levin. But anyway, uh, she heard about Relief Factor. Uh, She decided she'd give it a shot. After all, what did she have to lose? So she lost her pain. That's what happened. She lost the pain in her shoulders. She said it was just a few weeks uh, of beginning Relief Factor that it really began to work. And my pain melted away. Side effects? None. Katie got her life back. Will you try? ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. There you will save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Well, our our sincere best wishes, um, you know, go out to uh, Feinstein, who is um, who had a bad fall, and she's in the hospital now. Um, so we wish her a speedy recovery, because now I think she's getting so bad that maybe she should be the vice president. Is she bad enough to beat Kamala Harris yet, or? She still needs a little more mental deterioration. She's still more coherent than Kamala Harris. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but okay. uh, it is sad. I think believe no. she. <laughs> I believe she is out of the hospital now, though. Okay, uh, so that's good. good. It does seem like it was not uh, not going to cause any long lasting uh, issues. Though again, she is under a, a power of attorney from her child now. Uh, I mean, this is one of the most embarrassing escapades we've ever seen in in uh, the history of the country. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. They're propping up a person who can't speak, who can't think, and telling her which votes to cast uh, in between Still, falls. I mean, it's it's what does that t- what does that tell you? What does that tell you that these are revolting people that will do anything for power? <laughs> yeah, we know that. Okay. We know that. 
But what else does that tell you? Uh, to me, hmm. to me, that tells me it's a machine. That the the vote of the people doesn't matter. The, you're voting for an individual. It doesn't matter. The machine prefers just a cog. I didn't care. It's not going to stop. Nothing's going to stop. Just fill the seat so we have which machine to turn on, the red one or the blue one. And then the machine will take care of everything and tell you exactly what to do, where to sit, what to, what to say, that the individual doesn't matter. And how is that inconsistent with people who want socialism and a big government administrative state? Who, how does that inconsistent? We just need an administrator to do it. So we're just, you know, we're winking a nod. Yeah, representative of the people. It's really despicable. Yeah, and it I, shows you it's a machine. And the word prefer is interesting here because I think the Democrats would prefer not have to deal with dealing with the embarrassment of this when she's yeah. caught on a hot mic saying she doesn't understand what the vote is. She doesn't know where she is. She doesn't remember what she did yesterday. They'd prefer not to deal with that embarrassment. But if if you could hide it, I think they like this situation. They're mm-hmm. able to just push her around and she doesn't have any yep. independent moments. What if... Uh, you know, they got mad at her recently because she was uh, she didn't hate Amy Coney Barrett, apparently, uh, appropriately to the, the appropriate amount that they're supposed to hate her. And uh, and they, they she was complimentary to Republican uh, senators for not they, instead of just calling them evil all the time. You know, she's not going to have any independent moments uh, like this. And they think they like that. It's really disgusting. And by the way, it's not we should point out John Fetterman is another example of this. He should not be in the Senate. Uh, he should not be in the Senate. Mitch McConnell. I'm sorry. It's possible you could have a moment like, I don't know, some sort of flu or whatever. You're really sick. You have a, a moment like that. But were the reports of multiple situations where he's in the middle of a speech and he stops. That moment in front of cameras like that should be the last day you're in the Senate. I'm sorry. If you can't. Mm-hmm. If you have a moment like that, you should be getting medical attention and living out your years with with the rest of your family. You should not be in the Senate. I don't care if he's a Republican. I don't care if he votes. He's, by the way, probably the most responsible, even more than Donald Trump, for getting these Supreme Court justices in. He was the guy, before Trump was president, that blocked the Mm -hmm. Merrick Garland Supreme Court uh, uh, nomination. He was the guy that's responsible for this. He's a lot of things I don't like about Mitch McConnell, but he's done things that have been good as well. I don't care. It it, it has nothing to do with party. It has nothing to do with whatever policies you're pushing through. If you are in that state, you should not be in the U.S. Senate. I, I think it's blatantly obvious to every single American. I think so, too. By the way, have you heard uh, you're a sports guy? So let me talk sports with you. Oh, God. Okay, let's talk sports. Uh, Let's talk about them. uh, Washington football team or you mean like the Washington commanders? Is that what you're talking about? Commanders. That's all about. Did you hear that they're getting sued by a Native American tribe? Is you it being this? sued or are they or are they just threatening a boycott? I, I thought I heard the boycott, but maybe oh yeah, maybe it's well. a boycott. Yeah, yeah, the boycott that they're not going to do it until they change their name back to the Redskins. Yeah, yeah, that is fantastic. It is fantastic. I want we need that tribal chief on with us. Oh. I want to talk to him. Yeah, I mean, th- this is something by the way that was completely backed up in polling before. All of yep. this happened. I think it was 91% of Native Americans said they saw the Washington Redskins as a, as a positive. A positive. As, a, as an honor, as something that reminded them mm-hmm. of their culture. And that's the exact same thing this group 
which is threatening the boycott, is saying. They're saying like, well, we want this name to be there. We want people to be reminded and learn about our culture and our history. Every mm. Everybody who's looked at the history of the Washington Redskins would acknowledge that the, the Redskins' name was put there as an mm-hmm. honor to uh, Native Americans. And, you know, the easiest way to understand that is it was, it was a, basically named after the coach at the time who was Native American. Ah, don't worry about it. Uh, here's something that AI is is uh, we're going to be lucky that it can do this because I can think of so many great things from this. Researchers have now trained AI to uh, be able to identify this. Know what that is? That's me typing on my keypad. And what researchers have done is they've taught AI to recognize the sound of every key. So, you know, when you think, I'm trying to think of a good way to use this. When you think, hey, my son or daughter are writing a text to me and they don't know that I'm blind and I don't want to tell them I'm blind. Uh, tell me what they're writing. Because I can't summary, for some reason use text to speech. What is that for except for insidious things? Yeah, because they're tell talking. Me, tell me what, 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 what would that be forced to? Yeah, the, the, what they're saying is it could very easily, for example, make it so that you could detect a password being typed when you're on a Zoom call. Right. Mm, um, mm-hmm, where mm, you could detect mm-hmm. anything that you could detect the words and it's something like 90 percent accurate already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm, I, but mm-hmm. I, I know you're saying the blind thing as a joke. And so what would be the positive I, use right. for this? Like, I, I don't know. Right. I can't possibly imagine it other than the fact of maybe making people aware that, you know, this stuff is out there. You know, like when we, it is important uh, that people uh, it's, it's nonstop scams. I mean, I. I don't know about you, Glenna, if you're getting, you know, my, my wife gets, I swear, a different scam text every every day, every two days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Constantly people like, oh, this is the wrong number. Hey, let's become friends so I can pull you into my crypto scheme. Like, I mean, it's just like, it's constant. And, you know, people... It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get much worse. And, worse and better, right? Worse in the idea that it's going to be uh, more common, used more often, and cheaper for for scammers overseas to be using these things but better in that the quality is going to get much better like they're still terrible right like (laughs) they're still really bad at this you know what i have to tell you i i appreciate a good scam this isn't anything like a good scam (laughs) no you know i guess i guess in a way i have such admiration for what the left has done to this country in one way Hmm. it's brilliant brilliantly executed a brilliant plan they covered all of the exits all of the contingencies it is it's uh it's a thing of amazement on how they have done this but i think it's evil yeah but someday someday when all of this is done some dispassionate historian who's no longer impacted by it unless he's still in jail uh he will write the the whole plan out and say look at how they did this this is brilliant it's truly brilliant and they did it all without ai until the very end and then they had them 
Well, I mean, one of the big things about the scams is we've always mocked like the Nigerian prince scam, right? Where yeah, like, right. I, hey, I, my my uncle's a prince and he left me $500 million, but you need to pay me 50000 to free it and then I'll send it all to you. And like, <laughs> Eric, how does anybody uh, fall for this? But one of the things that's been pretty consistent with these scams over the years is that the lack of quality is actually part of the plan. It's a feature, not a bug. When when you always look at these things, you're like, well, these words are spelled incorrectly. It's obviously not someone speaking English. It doesn't make any sense what they're saying. Like English is not their first language. And what they what researchers have found over the years is that, well, if you pick that up, if you're smart enough to pick that up and and see that the, the misspellings and the bad English and the terrible plots and the unreasonable logic, if you're if you're smart enough to see that, you're not going to fall for the scam scam anyway. So scammers mm-hmm. were sending these things this way intentionally, hoping to rope in people that were dumb enough to fall for all of this. And of right. course, like, they were always targeting people that were not you know, uh, you know not just dumb, but also just like not fluent on w- the way online interactions worked and all yeah. that. They targeted people who are vulnerable. Well, I don't, as the I'm, AI thing comes in, that's going to change, right, Glenn? It's going to be like right. these, are, these oh, things yeah. are now really impressive. The, 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 the woman we talked to whose daughter called her on the phone and said she was being kidnapped and yep. that it wasn't her daughter. It was just an AI replica of her voice. They're, yep. they're, what do you do? How would you even see that coming? How would you know what was going on unless your daughter was sitting in your room with you? I have to tell you, I, I have a way to stop this. Uh well, I can't tell you because it's the way our family is stopping it, but it's an ingenious thing. And it's so simple, um, but I honestly can't tell you. <laughs> like, what? I don't know why. What the well, heck is that? Tell you. What do you mean no, you can't tell us? I can't tell you because we use it as our family. I, I, let me give, it, give me till tomorrow. I'll try to figure out a way to tell you something like it. But there, it, you, you just have to find a way with your family to have a password or a passcode or something like that. And it always has to change. It has to be almost a formula, a formula like, uh, you know, uh, you pick a number seven. And when that happens, you say, honey, four. The answer would be their response should be three. (laughs) Right. You need like a code language to get through the world. You need a code language, something that adds up to seven. And that, but again, like that works on this scam. And I've heard that, I know yours is probably much more advanced than this, but the basic idea of having a a safe word, a keyword with your family. No, no, no. Not a keyword. Something that always is changeable. Right. So if I say, if I say a hundred, they have to respond 93. And it can be changed at all times, and you never tell anybody your number is seven. Right, but that, the family's number gang is seven. For my and I understand how that could work for this particular the, the yes. kidnapping scheme. But I'm talking. There's also financial scams and businesses oh, no, I know. that's a, you know that you work with on a daily basis, and they they call up and you think it's them, and you know fake websites and all this stuff that, that is going on. It's getting so much better. And people are being scammed out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Their life savings going down the drain over this stuff. And it's only going to get harder and harder. The, you know, if it was only really stupid people that fell for the Nigerian prince scam, you know, 10 years ago, you're going to wind up every day. That percentage of people who get caught up in this rises. And it, 
And it's going to get harder because I don't believe in Darwin, uh, you know, but uh, a lot of people believe in Darwin. And so they're going to be it's going to be tough because, I mean, they were just the slowest ones whose tail hadn't fallen off yet. So why care about those people? But now even smart people, you know, the educated elites, they might get caught up in these scams, too. What are they going to do about it now? Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Tunnel to Towers. On 9-11, 2,977 people lost their lives on what turned out to be one of America's darkest days. A generation later, you'd hardly know it happened at all, at least if you tried to find out about it in a school. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute aims to change that by educating kids from kindergarten age all the way through grade 12 about what happened that day. Their nonfiction first-person accounts are available both as videos and in Discovering Heroes series books. Uh, They are deeply moving. They're amazing accounts, and they're true, so they will not forget them. The Institute is offering a full curriculum unit, scripted social studies lessons, activities, backgrounds for teachers. Well, that's not going to happen in public schools. Plus, Speakers Bureau for classrooms with access to 9-11 first responders, the survivors, and loved ones. Don't forget also their mobile unit. It's a tractor trailer that's an interactive museum of 9-11 artifacts, plus scholarships for exceptional students preparing who have begun prepping for college. We can't forget. We must educate future generations. Let's help our own nation honor its vow. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at t2t.org. That's t2t.org. Do it now. The Glenn Beck Program. Binomics is indeed working when when we say that you look at the data, right? Oh. Cost cost is going down, right? You oh. think about inflation. When you think about wages going up, oh. that is binomics. Look, the president has always believed, that not is just binomics. as president, but as vice president, as a senator, that we need to build an economy that is building from the bottom up, middle okay. out, right? Stop, please stop before my head explodes. That's Corinne Jean-Pierre on, I think it was MSNBC, talking about binomics, which she says is successful because prices are coming down. Prices are not coming down. This is not how inflation works. When your inflation rate goes from 10% to 5%, that does not mean prices are coming down. To give you an actual example of this, if something costs you $100 and then, you know, your groceries, they cost you 100 bucks, and then they start costing 110 bucks, they've gone up 10%, and people are really angry about that. And then a year later, you come back and check on the inflation and it's gone from 10% to 5%. Well, what do those groceries cost today? They cost like $116. Now, if you were angry about $110 for those groceries, wouldn't you be more angry about $116? Yes, the rate of inflation have gone down, but those are rates that are building on the previous failures of your presidency. It's going up and up and up every year. These are all rates that are increasing the previously high inflation rates that we are already upset about. And, you know, it's just over and over and over again. They try to do this and hope people don't understand how economics work. And luckily, they've got about 50% of the country that falls comfortably into that basket and they can get them as voters. But you'd think eventually people would wake up. And honestly, when it comes to inflation, this is hitting people every day so hard. 
They can't stop but feeling it. The Glenn Beck Program.